sorry, now that you're all comfortable, I just don't want you too comfortable. <laughs> Kidding. No, we're just going to honour the Word of God. So why don't we stand and we're going to open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this new day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it because you are in it and you're with us. Lord, I ask that you would anoint me today to bring your word. Lord, let it not be any part of me. Let it just be you, that you would use me as your vessel, that you would also anoint the ears of the hearers, that they will hear what you're saying, that you'll speak to each and every heart, that you'll personalise this word for each and every one to receive what they need from you today. And Lord, that we would walk out of here with our shoulders back, standing tall, full of the Spirit of God, ready to take on all the things that you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. I want to talk today about when the helper comes. How many of you don't mind asking for help? You don't mind? How many of you struggle to ask for help? Yeah, a lot more. I, I don't know if it's just our culture, but I know um, it can be really hard to ask for help. But Jesus talks about a helper and that is just the most interesting name because the first thing it tells me is that he, he knows I'm going to need help. <laughs> and secondly, that I'm not on my own. So that's really awesome. Um, all right, but just to set this up, I want to, I want to talk about um, we've been launching the Highways and Hedges uh, pro, like outreach and looking for ways to reach the lost for Jesus. And I have to say to you, it has just pervaded my life. I, I jump in the shower at night and I'm dreaming up ways to tell someone else about Jesus. I'm like, oh, I could do that. Oh, yeah, I could do this. I'm just so, like, obsessed with the lost sheep at the moment. If I hear a bang, I'm like, yes, there's another one. Let me add it. So I want to reach the lost. And that makes the devil nervous because he doesn't want to lose his, the lost sheep, right? He wants to keep them lost. But the good shepherd's sending us all on a mission to find them and bring them in. And so when we make the devil nervous, he likes to try and push back and, and distract us with, all kinds of stuff, right? Who has felt under attack the last couple of weeks? Have we had anyone that's been like, oh man, this is rough? Yeah. So do you know what James says when you find that? Count it all joy. James, you are a weird person. He said, when you fall into diverse trials and testings, count it all joy. Because the testing of your faith produces patience and stuff in your life, right? Count it all joy. It also tells us that we are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. He's not going to go after someone who he feels is 
no threat. But because we're going after the lost, he's going to want to try and distract us from what God has called us to do. So today is going to be a very practical, what I feel God is saying to equip us, not just to evangelize, but how to stand strong in opposition as well. Because we're not all going to be ignorant, right? We know opposition is going to come. You start telling people about Jesus, opposition is going to come. But we don't have to be afraid and we can be thoroughly equipped for the work of the ministry. So that's what we're going to do today, okay? All right, we're going to have a look first of all at Jesus' commissions to us and what he's told us to do because we want to be about our Father's business. The Lord uh, keeps bringing the scripture to mind where Jesus said to his disciples, I must work while it is day because the night is coming when no man can work. And I feel like time is being compressed. We have very little time left. So each of us must be about our father's business. Do you know, Jeremy and I love people, but there's only, only so many hours in a day. We actually need each one of you to carry the baton with us and to help bring in the harvest, to walk alongside someone, whether they're having a good day or a bad day, to be there for them. Because we can't do it, but we can do it. Jeremy and I can't do it on our own, but we can do what God's called us to do as a church when we do it together. All right, turn to, who brought their Bibles, by the way? Are you all good Christians? Did you? Did you bring a Bible? Thank you. Oh, I'm like, I'm in the wrong church. Nobody brought a Bible. Oh, good. Okay, Luke 24. Go there, please. And um, some of you need to bring the old-fashioned Bibles with, with like, the pages because I can't hear any pages turning. Okay, Luke 24. Uh, the, the, the chapter actually starts off with the heading... He is risen. So this is the setting we're in. Jesus is risen. And now he's going to give his final words to his disciples. And uh, so we're going to go right to the end of the chapter 24, uh, the last chapter in Luke, and we're going to pick it up in verse 44. And I'm going 44 to 49. All right. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jesus fulfilled, you know, over 300 prophecies about himself when he came the first time. And do you know there's still about another 2,000 prophecies he's going to fulfill when he comes back the second time? Amazing. Verse 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Wow, Lord, we want you to do the same for us. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Who enjoyed our two testimony Sundays? Yeah. Weren't they just amazing? Yeah. We are witnesses of these things. We all have a testimony of his goodness. And then verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, 
but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. All right, here's his commission. That repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. So I'm just going to go over here and read what that word remission. Who, who knows what that word remission means? Ascending away, correct. We use that word sometimes with people who've had um, cancer. They say the cancer is in remission. It's, it's backed off. It's, it's gone away. Well, it also can mean a, uh, a, complete, a complete cleansing, uh, like a total, it's remiss, it's gone. This is what he's saying. Go and preach repentance, which was our A on our card. Admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus for forgiveness. Repentance of sin. <laughs> but not just repentance and remission of sins. And that's what the B is. If you believe in Jesus, he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So this is what he's commissioning us to preach in his name to all nations, that we would be witnesses. But verse 49 says he's going to send the promise of the Father. Now that's capitalized. Promise is capitalized. So it's referring to a person. Until you are endued with power from on high. So God didn't just send us and commission us. He also said, I'm going to give you the power that you need to do what I've commissioned you to do. We're going to quickly flick over now to Mark 16. So, oh, go back, sorry, Mark is before Luke. Um, Mark 16, many of you will know this passage, but we're going to have a look at it again and refresh ourselves in what the Lord has said to us. So Mark 16, and I'm going to do 15 to 20. Okay, it says this, it's words in red, so Jesus himself is saying these words. And he said to them, being the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into the heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. I reckon that is a good place to put an amen. That's awesome. Look, the same Jesus is upon us, the church, in 2022 and he is saying go into all the world and preach the gospel and these signs will follow you who believe and he wants to work with you and confirm the word that you're speaking with accompanying signs I believe there is no reason why we can't be like the church in the book of Acts a church full of the Holy Spirit a church full of boldness, unashamed.
Friday, um, I had a, a moment where I really could sense that I was under attack. And I felt like the Lord said to me, Anita, put your shoulders back and stand. Stand firm. Remember, we're told to put on the armour and stand. Now, I actually want you to do this. Where you're sitting, I want you to put your shoulders back. Just for a minute. Straighten up. Do you feel a little bit more empowered? It's just a small thing, but it's the action that says, I'm not cowering in defeat. I'm standing confident in my God. We can be confident because he has given us a helper. We're going to go to John, and I find this really interesting, the Gospel of John. When, um, when Jesus says something more than once, I really pay attention because he's trying to make us see something. But when he says it four times, you know this is really important. So let's have a look at this, John 14, 15 to 18. Jesus, again talking to his disciples, says this, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He said, I'm going to pray the Father and he's going to give you another helper. Now, did Jesus keep his promise? Yes. How do we know? The helper came in the book of Acts, chapter 2. There was the sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and tongues of fire appeared on their heads and every one of them began to speak with a new language they had never learned and they spilled out, the church went out and they're speaking and praising God in their new languages and it just happened as God just happens to do. There just happened to be Jews there from every nation. And they hear them speaking the praises of God in their own language. I asked the Lord, because we're going to see as we go through some stuff today, we're going to see that he, he wants to give the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation. When the Holy Spirit fell, they were given new languages. I said, Lord, what's the deal with this language stuff? Like, if you think about a sign and a wonder, um, I get the whole healings and all of that, like that is showing God is God. But like someone talking in another language, I'm like, really, is that is that really that amazing? So I just, I was like, can you tell me what is this about, Lord? And he showed me, like right back at the Tower of Babel, when everyone had one language and they rebelled against God and God gave them all these different languages. What he's actually doing was empowering his people to take the gospel now to every one of those languages so that they can all hear about the one God. Wow, super cool. Now, sometimes when I'm deep in prayer, my prayer language changes to something that sounds like Chinese to me. And I'm like, wow, I mean, I don't 
I don't know how my tongue makes these noises because I don't normally, I can't normally pronounce like that. But it's a gift. He gives me a gift and it's a language. And I, I wonder sometimes, am I praying for someone of that nationality right there? What is he doing? It's amazing. He wants to give us a helper to preach the gospel. Let's look at the next reference, John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He is sending us the helper, the Holy Spirit. Then again in in chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, now up to our third (coughs) reference, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me and you also will bear witness. Wow. This is why the Holy Spirit wants to come into our lives. You're going to help me preach, Dad. It's all good. But chapter 16, verse 7 says this, But now I go away to him who sent me, Jesus is saying, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Right, I'm going to pause right here. How many of you know somebody who's living a sinful life and they have no conviction of it whatsoever? You all know people like that? They're very happy in their sin. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so when we come into somebody's life, they get convicted. We bring the Holy Spirit with us and his presence begins to convict them of sin. Why is that important? Because if we're not convicted of sin, we can't repent. And if we can't repent, we can't receive the gift of salvation. This is actually really important. So the Holy Spirit will come. When he comes, he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan wants you to think that he's going to get away with everything. Uh Uh-uh. His day is coming. He is judged by God himself. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Which news outlet do you reckon is the most reliable for truth at the moment? (laughs) Why are you laughing? So where do we go for truth? Right here. I don't believe 
believe what they say. I believe what he says. And so he will guide us into all truth. Look, there's never been a time more crucial for the body of Christ to be led in truth every moment of the day than right now. He said that in the end times it would be a dark, evil world. We need to know the truth. We need to be guided into all truth so that we don't believe the lies so and we're not deceived. He's going to guide us into all truth. Yes, I put my hand up. I want this helper. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Okay, you're in church. It's confession time. How many of you ever did some eavesdropping when you were a kid? Notice I said when you're a kid, so I'm not saying you still do it as an adult. Oh, we've got some honest teenagers at the back. Have you ever listened into a conversation that you maybe weren't supposed to listen into? Yeah. Well, my husband's phone will ring and I go down and go, I don't know who he's talking to. I still do it. Uh, he just rolls his eyes, wife of mine. Anyway, so, um, but here we see the Holy Spirit is in the throne room in heaven. And it says, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. My personality gets really excited about that. I've got to be honest. He's in the throne room. He's going, wow, God's going to do that. Hey, Anita, guess what God's planning? Oh, I'm believing this of all this. What's he planning? He's going to show us things to come. It's awesome. I was going to share this a little bit later, but I feel I'm supposed to share it now. So... Uh, when I was in my early 20s, uh, the church I was in, they had a guest ministry come through and the Holy Spirit was really just breathing on that place. And at the end, he said, if you would like God to touch you, come on at the front. Now, see how much room is at the front here? Not a lot. It was kind of the same in that church and it was full like this is today. And for some reason... Every single person decided they wanted to be touched by God and all came up the front. There was nobody left in the chairs. And we were three rows deep all the way along. And I was in the third row, right in the middle. And I'm watching the, the guest minister pray for the people in the front row. And he's taking a while. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to be waiting a while. And then I hear the Lord say to me, well, you, you don't have to wait for him to pray for you, you know. You, you can just receive from me now. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I like closed my eyes. I'm like, I'm just going to receive from you. Well, the next time I opened my eyes, I was sitting on the floor. My dad was sitting next to me. And the church was empty. <laughs> Everyone had gone home. Because I received from the Lord. I, I had a vision. And um, so I close my eyes. Next thing, I see myself in another country with darker-skinned people. And I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm standing in front of them, and I'm being given words of knowledge. And I'm saying to 
really specific things. Hey, there's someone here. You're like this. You're like that. And, and uh, people were responding, and I was like, wow. I opened my eyes, and I was like, wow, that was so real. That what is that all about? And um, and my dear dad was like, can we go home now? <laughs> so he locked up the church behind us, and I went home. Well, I kind of forgot about it. But a year or two later, I ended up going on a missions trip to Africa. And about halfway through the trip, we're in a little church and I'm sitting on the front row and God gives me some words of knowledge. He says, Anita, there's a man here who's in a gang and he's trapped and he really wants to get out, but he doesn't know how. But if he'll give his life to me tonight, I will rescue him from that position he's in. I went, oh. He said, Anita, there's someone else here who's trying to, who's in such a dark place. They've said, unless, unless God does something tonight, I'm going to go and end my life. And, and, and I, want to, I want to touch this woman. So I, uh, I went up to the pastor and I pulled on his sleeve. I said, I think God said something to me. And he goes, oh, sister, sister, come up, come up. And then I stand up there and I go, because mm-hmm. <laughs> if I got this wrong, it's going to be really, really obvious. And I go, um, I think there's a man here who's in a gang and you want to get out of it. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and God says, if you come and give your life to him tonight, he'll set you free of that. And then I look and I wait and this man stands up at the back and he comes to the front and he starts crying. And the pastor goes over to minister to him and I go, oh, phew. And then I'm a bit more empowered now. I go, aunt, there's a woman here. God says he sees you. You don't have to end your life. He sees you and he knows you and he's going to touch you. And then another woman comes up bawling and I get to pray for her. And then I remember that vision. And I go, wow, it came to pass. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to show you things to come. It says in verse 14, he will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. This is no ordinary helper. Okay, so, Marion, you're about my height, sort of. Would you mind coming up here just for a minute? I like to demonstrate, as you know. Oh, she's got really tall shoes on. That's okay. All right, is she taller than me? Yeah. I don't want to know. Um, all right, so um, if, if I need to do something and it's a little bit beyond me, but I enlist a helper, the two of us can, can manage it, possibly. Like lifting that pool out of the car yesterday. Yeah, we were like both carrying this big box, it was awesome. But If I need to lift something way beyond me or Marion, I need to enlist one of those people that, you know, picks up the 
200, 300 plus kilo and lifts it above their head and then goes, ah! Like, I need to enlist the appropriate help, okay? Thank you, dear. That was all I needed. It was just a comparison. But if it's like way beyond, I need to get a driver of heavy machinery in who can lift. My brother-in-law works in the mines and he drives massive machines. I mean, they're ridiculous. He sent me a photo and he's standing next to the wheel and he looks like this. If there's magic, I just go, wow, that's just, I can't even get my head around that. But we've been given not just a helper of equal or slightly better height or ability than us. We've been given a helper who is the third person of the Godhead. So, wow. In other words, God himself is our helper to preach the gospel. Do you think the gospel might be important to him? I mean, I often think about this. Jesus left heaven and, and came to earth for us. But do you know the Holy Spirit left heaven too? And he's still here. There's a song that goes, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. (laughs) He's my helper. And I think the Holy Spirit must have so much long suffering and patience. Because Jesus comes, he has this powerful ministry, he goes back to the Father and the Holy Spirit comes and he's like, all right, I better help him. (laughs) We need his help. But why was he given to us? To help us live a godly life? and to help us preach the gospel. That's how important it is to the Lord. I better look at the time. No, I don't want to see the time. I'm sure that is incorrect. Okay. I might have to go and speed talk. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to quickly flip there. And... uh, I'm going to have to just reference some other things, I think. So 1 Corinthians, Galatians, okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm actually going to read from 1 to 11. I have this moment, sorry. Corinthians 12. Okay, this is the passage where it talks to us about the spiritual gifts, so the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, Okay. Uh, And it says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, I'm in verse 1. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each individual as that person wants. Oh, sorry. Distributing to each individually as he wills. I know, right? Here's the, here's the key. The gifts of the Spirit are given to us by the Holy Spirit as He wills, Mm. as we need them. So the Lord has shown me that this is weapons He wants to put in our armory so that when we preach the gospel, we are equipped. So that if you're talking to someone and you're not getting through to them, you might have a word of knowledge come. And you're able to say something about them that nobody else knows. And they go, how did you know that? You've opened the door now for them to receive. Well, I know that because God spoke to me. He showed me because he cares about you. You see, these gifts are there to help us bring in the harvest. What about a word of wisdom? Have you ever been talking to someone and you really don't know what advice to give them? It's just too complicated. It's too hard. You just don't know what to say. That's where a word of wisdom can come in, where God will tell you exactly what to say. That's just the solution for that person. Gifts of healings. You imagine the skeptic that receives a healing from God. Suddenly they're going to realize that what you're saying is true. Working of miracles. Another one, discerning of spirits. We so need discernment right now. We really need discernment. When you're talking with people, discernment to know what to say, what not to say, when to be still, when to speak boldly. We need these gifts and they are available. The same Spirit works these things, distributing them to us as He wills and as we need. Wow. I want to finish with this thought. Uh, Romans 8.26 talks about the Spirit praying and interceding for us and through us. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit can show us how to pray. But I want to give you this thought, and I can't unpack it too much because I'm out of time. But Isaiah 58, and I wanted to share this with you because the Lord has given me, I believe, us, a strategy of how to see our loved ones come to know God. Do you have a loved one that you are praying for that you really want to see come to know the Lord? Well, God has given us a strategy of how to see that breakthrough come. Isaiah 58 talks about 
God's method and God's way of fasting. It says this in verse 6, Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? This is a fast that he has chosen. It's effective. It looses the bonds of wickedness. And so the Lord said to me, as we're doing all this evangelism, but in our hearts we're like, I just want to see my family saved too, God. Here is our key. Fast specifically and pray for their salvation. Um, Even if it's just one meal, the time that you would normally take to eat that meal, maybe you might sit down for 15 minutes. Well, take that 15 minutes, fast that meal, and pray specifically for the salvation of your family. And I'm telling you, we have his promise that he will loose the bonds of wickedness, he will undo the heavy burdens, he will let the oppressed go free, and he will break every yoke. This is a weapon. Now, I'm doing this, so um, I'm making it a lifestyle. Uh, I mentioned it to Trish last Sunday, and she's like, I want to do that too, Pastor Anita. So we had a bit of a a strategic alliance of prayer going on. Uh, So last week I fasted Tuesday and Thursday morning, and I took that time to specifically pray for some of Jeremy's family who don't know Jesus yet. And I tell you what, it was powerful. So I am, I'm excited about this strategy. So if you want to join me this week, I'm going to be doing Wednesday and Thursday morning um, and probably Friday morning as well. So I'm just going to fast breakfast and I'm going to use that time. If that doesn't work for you, it doesn't matter. Pick a time that works for you. Pick a meal that works for you. And really pray earnestly and intentionally for our families. And um, wow, I'm telling you, I'm going to have so many of you coming up and saying, hey, can I testify what God did? He's awesome. He's awesome. So let's allow the helper to help us, to help us pray for our family, to help us preach the gospel, to help us go into all the world, to be equipped with the gifts of the Spirit as we work in the fruit of the Spirit and be filled spirit because we can't do it on our own we need the helper that has more power than we do would you stand to your feet with me today please Uh. (laughs) can i get uh yeah thanks james our keyboardist if you would just maybe just turn the volume down a bit but um I want to do two things. I want to give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus today. We do that every Sunday because I don't ever want to miss an opportunity. We we don't even know if we're guaranteed tomorrow, right? We have to seize the moment. But I also want to pray for such an infilling of the Holy Spirit. We can't take the gospel in our own strength, in our own flesh. It's not going to work. We have to have 
the leading and the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you just want to close your eyes today, I want you to get ready to receive just like I did all those years ago when I went out in a prayer line and said, God, I'm here to receive from you. And I'm just going to pray. (sighs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the helper, the Holy Spirit, to empower us to live godly and to bring the gospel to the poor, the outcasts, the blind, the lame, the maimed, the crippled, to bring the gospel to whosoever will come. Lord, it's, it's huge to me that you would entrust us with something this important, that you would entrust us with the gospel, the good news of salvation. And that you would also give us your Holy Spirit to empower us to take this good news to the ends of the earth. Lord, today I pray that just as you did in the book of Acts, that you would fill your people with the Holy Spirit. Father, that you would empower us that you would give us these gifts as we need them and as you will for them to be given to us. That we might preach the gospel with signs following, confirming the word. And that we may have boldness, Father, to put our shoulders back and to stand unashamed of Jesus Christ and his message of salvation for all the world. Father, fill your today, I pray in the name of Jesus. And will we receive all that you have for us. Just while heads are bowed in this place today, if you're here and you don't actually know Jesus, you've never committed your life to him, let me tell you, there's a God in heaven who loves you so much. He gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Today I want to take you through these simple ABCs I've been talking about. A, admit you're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. B, is simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to put your whole trust in Him. That he's the only one who was worthy enough to die for our sins. He's the only perfect sacrifice. And he died in your place. And if you believe on him, the scripture says, you will be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believes. And see is call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Today, if you're in this place, you say, Anita, that's me. I want to call on Jesus. I want to believe in him. Maybe you're watching online and this is spoken to your heart. That's actually this Holy Spirit I've been talking about, tugging at your heart and saying, you need to repent and you need to allow God to wash your sins clean. If that's you today, just put up your hand in this place. Anita, count me in. I want 
Jesus to wash me clean of my sins, to forgive me, to cleanse me, to give me a future and a hope. We've been singing about it all morning. Thank you. I can see your hand. Are there any others? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can see those hands. Thank you. I see that hand. gets me every time because Jesus loves you so much. Today has been about you, you coming to know him, the God who loved you and created you. Why don't we just pray this simple little prayer? I'm going to say these words and you repeat them after me. And if you mean them in your heart, then you will be a new creation, washed clean of your sins, given a brand new future and a hope. So Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Make me your child. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And I choose to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.